I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio is a born and raised Delawarean, Robin Hill Page Glandon. Welcome, Robin. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me today. Uh, so glad to have you here. Um, and, and reading up about you, you were born and raised in Delaware, left for a while as uh, with your career, but you're back in Delaware uh, as, an, as an actor, as a writer, as a performer, um, and a, a, a member of a number of professional organizations. Let's hear a little bit little bit about your career, sort of how it got started and and where it has taken you and how it brought you back to Delaware. Well, I've kind of had a, a, a sort of long and interesting career in the arts. Um, I was born and raised in Harrington, Delaware, and um, I was I started piano lessons when I was five years old. I uh, my dad was a, a pianist and a singer, and uh, my mom was into the into painting, and so I have a, a kind of an artistic background with my parents. But I uh, I real early on I got interested in writing. Uh, my dad was an excellent writer, and he was a school teacher, so I got interested in writing and music, and those two things were kind of what started me off in the arts since I was really young with poetry and short stories and and you know, playing music and singing in church and all that, you know, local type of stuff. And then, uh, you know, I just kept going on with the music and the writing. But uh, I graduated from high school from Lake Forest High and went to UD, started as a piano major. And kind of early on, I, the first semester, I realized that I it was probably a little too classical for me. And I had always been really interested in uh, in acting, and I had played piano for a lot of theatrical productions at that point. And I decided, mm, let me take a look over at the theater department. So I went over there, and I did very well there and decided to change my major. So mm-hmm. I graduated from UD with a theater education major. The education major made me my dad happy. And uh, I had a minor in English journalism. And from there, I, uh, I went to uh, the old Three Bakers Dinner Theater, and I did some time there. Uh, I did some summer stock with Olympia Dukakis's uh, whole theater company. So I paid some dues, mm-hmm. dinner theater, summer stock. And um, then I ended up in Philadelphia uh, in a production of The Owl and the Pussycat with Stephen Stahl. It was my first uh, professional job at the Walnut Street Theater, and I just kind of kept on going from there. I got, I you know, joined AFTRA and got my union card and did some film work, and I always wanted to live in New York, so I finally uh, made it up to New York, and I did a lot of different things there. I did club acts. Uh, I was a member of an original musical comedy a club act called The 80s Ladies. Mm-hmm. So I'm dating myself there. And um, we sang in clubs in New York, and I did off-Broadway productions. I worked with the acting company on Theater Row. And then I finally had an offer of, uh, out in Los Angeles from a, uh, an agent. So I went out there. And I was there for 10 years, but I just, the the performance didn't really go exactly the way I wanted it to go with the with the opportunities. So I ended up writing again. I wrote a screenplay uh, with a partner and started writing for magazines. 
and I loved writing for magazines. So I was, I bought a house in Burbank. I was happy there. And then, and my parents, I'm an only child. So my parents would come out for two weeks, several times a year. But my mom had some health problems and it got to the point where she couldn't make that trip anymore. So I had a, a dilemma where I kind of had to figure out what I wanted to do. So I ended up coming back to Delaware, kind of kicking and screaming. And um, I ended up uh, working at a, a, a bank job and uh, just kind of trying to figure out where I was going from there. Um, I, I went through kind of a series of those life challenges where my, my father died and then, you know, I had intended to go back to New York and mom, I could take mom to New York. She didn't particularly care for the mm-hmm. big city. Mm-hmm. So uh, there I am in, in Greenville, Delaware, and I just kind of uh, worked my way along and uh, got a great night job doing documents with a legal firm in downtown Wilmington for 11 years, and then I started writing again. Hmm. And uh, my mom passed away, and uh, I just kind of got into more of the writing. And I joined New York Arts Alliance, and the then director, Dennis Lawson, suggested that I submit a short story to one of uh, Nancy Sakadusky's Cat and Mouse Press Speech Reads books. I said, well, why not? And I got my first short story published, and I was so thrilled. And then I started to uh, write poetry again. And I started doing readings, and that was so cool because I could combine my my theatrical background with my uh, with my writing and get my writing out there. And um, then along the way, there comes my boyfriend from when I was 15 years old. hadn't seen him in 35 years. We got back together and we got married. Oh, how sweet! Yes, <laughs> and uh, so we just celebrated our 10 year wedding anniversary. And he was, even when we were kids, he was a drummer. That's how I met him. We both mm-hmm. been county band okay. the same year. We went to different <laughs> high schools. And he was still drumming after all ah, these years. Okay. So we formed this little duo called Too Nice. Mm-hmm. And I do spoken word, and he does percussion and some other very inventive things. And uh, then I got a baby piano, like a miniature piano. I started writing funny songs and singing funny songs, and he's doing uh, little funny percussion things. And people seem to like it, so we keep doing it. And uh, then we, we've been doing festivals and Wilmo Wednesdays with Jeremy Hebel and, mm-hmm. and Gable Productions. And we've just kind of been getting around the local area, doing a lot of readings and open mics at Newark Arts Alliance and the Jackson Inn. And we do all these on a regular basis, um, and we're just having a good time. That's that's really fascinating. Uh, I mean, what 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 a what a, a, a varied varied career you've had. I'm I'm intrigued. Uh, going back to the magazine writing for a moment. Um, that's is that is that a unique? Uh, uh, are there unique demands in writing for magazines that that uh, writers in, for, in other uh, outlets wouldn't have to deal with? Well, I love writing for magazines because it's it's a little bit faster turnover, mm-hmm. and these days it's even faster because everything's email. And um, the uh, I worked for a couple of different magazines in Los Angeles, local magazines, a business magazine, and then one that was turned out to be a little um, little off color, shall we say? The the copy that I turned in got um, got reworked a bit, and. Uh, 
it's the kind of thing where I couldn't show it to my mom. So <laughs> I said, I think I best not be writing for this publication anymore. And uh, so, you know, I, uh, but I wrote for several magazines out there. And then when I came back here, um, I had a, a several really interesting kind of, uh, I guess, serendipity-type stories, miracle-type stories as my life went on. And I would tell these stories to people, and um, one of my friends said, um, you know, you really got to write these down. And he uh, would always read guideposts and mm-hmm. Angels on Earth and mm-hmm. Mysterious Ways magazine, all these guidepost magazines, which are very uplifting and, and very spiritual and uh, and just great stories about great stuff that happens to people. And it, ironically, they were my mom favorite magazine mm-hmm. and she and I used to have a subscription and share it and um, so my friend Jimmy said you know you got to submit this to guideposts so uh, a couple of years ago I sent a couple of stories in I figured oh they get they get flooded with stories which they do they have a, an office in New York City now by down by where the World Trade Towers were and um, I got a call from the editor, or the assistant editor of Mysterious Ways, who is now the editor, and uh, Diana's fabulous. Now, this is an example of where it's just having to work with a magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, all the I've, I've worked with uh, Mysterious Ways and Angels on Earth, and had several stories published, and all the editors are terrific. They return your emails. They call you back. They um, they work with you to get the pictures you want and that they want. They are just wonderful. And that's just been another big thrill of, of mine that I, I am published regularly as a regular contributor to those magazines. Mm-hmm. And it's very fulfilling. I've, I've had people reach out to me on Facebook saying, oh, your your story was just wonderful. I had to look you up. It it just made me laugh or it, it really made me smile. And that's been very fulfilling. I've been doing that for the past two years. Oh, that, that's that's great. And and I I read uh, one of your uh, recent uh, uh, guidepost articles called "Was a Flea Market Find a Sign for the Future?" It was just a, a touching uh, account of your being in Los Angeles, your father coming out to visit, and discovering something at a flea market that sort of kindled this. Uh, interest or, or re-interest in Delaware, uh, finding a tin with Dover, Delaware on the tin, and and ultimately you bringing that back home with you. Just a, a really a, a touching account, and and as you say, in you know a, per, a perfectly suitable uh, mechanism for that kind of writing. Uh, those those inspirational kinds of. Uh, publications. Uh, I, I want to come back now to your writing and your acting and and your your performance art with, with writing. Uh, but first, let me remind our listeners that you are tuned into 1450, uh, News Radio 1450 WILM and uh, 1410 WDOV uh, for Delaware State of the Arts. Our guest in the studio today is Robin Hill Page Glandon, uh, local actor, writer, um, and native Delawarean. Uh, Robin, with your writing background and your performing background, I'm, uh, I will ask this always of people with that kind of background. How does your writing inform your performance, and how does your performance inform your writing? Well, um, I think we were talking uh, a, a little while ago about uh, being <clears throat> versatile and being able mm-hmm. to continue to work and mm-hmm. use your, uh, you know, your skills in a variety of ways. 
uh, because we know there's a lot of unemployed actors out there. Uh, and, you know, like poets tend to not make a lot of money. And, you know, so uh, through my life, I found that being diversified kept me working. If I wasn't uh, doing an acting role, then maybe I was doing music. If I wasn't doing a musical thing, then maybe I was writing. And I also, when I was in New York, when I just was starting out, you know, as a as a uh, an Actors Equity member, um, I got done with a contract, and I you know, like, well, I got to pay my rent, and I just didn't want to wait tables. And this actor friend of mine said, you know, there's this thing called computers coming at, around, <laughs> and you know, there's this place that teaches people who type real good like you do. Uh, how to do this word processing, I think mm. it's going to take off. So I, I went and learned how to do that and turned out to be really good at it. And um, I would work nights and weekends in law firms in New York and Los Angeles, just free to go to auditions during the day, and made a good amount of money, didn't have trouble paying my rent. So, you know, we kind of learned to uh, just sort of, use all our skills, you mm-hmm. know, even, so mm-hmm. the the typing skill that my father insisted I learn for my writing turned out to be a really good skill for, you know, making a living. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of bounced around between all those mm-hmm. things, you know, and being able to use my writing and, and combine it with my performing has been really fun. And then being able to work with my husband because, you know, he's kind of death metal. I'm Bon Jovi. And where do you, where do you meet there mm-hmm. <laughs> with a duo? And then we found out baby pianos. He plays like baby drum sets, percu- weird percussion instruments. And, and that's where we found a, you know, a common ground to make some real cool uh, performance art. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. call it performance art. Yeah. yeah. Now, a- as a writer, uh, you you not only go out and do readings of, of your work, you also uh, lead workshops on how to do that. Uh, can you can you speak to the value for a writer of presenting their work publicly, either when it's still in its nascent stages or when it's Finally, fully, okay, I'm done with this written piece. What is the value of taking that and then putting it in the public forum in, as spoken word? Well, uh, there's really a lot of, of different venues for that, particularly in Newcastle County mm-hmm. and around Philadelphia. And, I, I mean, you'll just find them all over. Um, we have a really rich um, writing community here in Newark and in Wilmington, and all of us sort of know each other and work together and support each other. There's a great writing community in Rehoboth. And um, the, the workshop I just started uh, teaching, and I hope to teach it again soon um, to adults and possibly to kids, is um, basically how to write a piece that you, that you want to perform be it a fiction, a prose, like a flash fiction piece, or a poem, or, you know, any type of genre that you that you excel in, and form it to a readable and edited piece of work that you can get up and read and present. Because who better to, to read your words than you? And uh, a lot of, a lot of actors find a lot of value in doing that, writing their own pieces, and presenting them. And writers, it's the greatest way to get your, your work out there. It's not just sitting, you know, in your notebook at home. It's out, and you can um, you can make connections. 
you people can hear your work. Um, you can form sometimes people form groups that, to critique. It's really there's a lot of value in in getting up and presenting your work. And my my workshops kind of teach you how to do that, how to you know how to how open mics work, how you time your presentations, how best to present them, and I try to give them some really good ideas for uh, some really welcoming ones. For instance, um, all you get all levels at Newark Arts Alliance. Um, uh, Maria Massington is an MC there. She's very welcoming. The group is very welcoming. We have teenagers come in. They've never read before. We have adults come in who've never read before, and they come back most times. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what are some of the tips that you give to uh, writers who are going to do a public presentation of their work? Or am I giving away your workshops? No, no. <laughs> um, there are just some real basic things um, to, uh, you know, to get yourself a, a finished piece. Uh, it, yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect. A lot of times it's kind of like stand-up comedy. You, mm-hmm. you sort of iron out the wrinkles mm-hmm. you know, when you present it. So that's that's fine. They get... Uh, get a piece that fits into the the venue that you're going to present in. Uh, some venues you get three minutes. Some minutes you some venues you get five minutes. Be aware of that and tailor your presentation to that so you don't get cut off. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that there they have to be sort of stringent about that just so that everyone gets a chance to read and make sure that you know time yourself, read yourself, you read your your material in front of a mirror. Record yourself. See how you sound. And it's just a really good exercise, I think. Even if you're not an actor and you never want to be, say you're uh, you're in corporate America and you have to give presentations, it's great practice for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can use that for in many walks of life just for public speaking. Um, and, you know, to even to get over, you know, audience mm-hmm. fear. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of people have that that fear of getting up in front of a group. But uh, I think it's a really wonderful thing. I think it's great for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, kids uh, learn how to present and how to speak out, and uh, I, I just think it's it's a wonderful um, it's a wonderful tool, and it's it's fun. I think it can be fun for everyone. Right now, let's turn to an opportunity for our listening audience to get to hear you at an upcoming event, Rock and Roll with the Punches, a cabaret at the Jackson Inn. Uh, in Wilmington, coming up on Sunday, November 4th at 6 p.m. Let's hear about that. Sounds like a really exciting event. Well, this, uh, the Jackson Inn is a historic, old, funky inn. It is one of our favorite places to go. Uh, they host Second Saturday Poets every second Saturday of every month where we give readings. Um, and it, it's a wonderful group, and it, we have three uh, hosts that uh, it's, I believe it's been going for about 30 years. It's a long-running group, and uh, so that kind of gave um, rise, I think, to the cabarets. Um, Fred is the owner, and Eva is our favorite bartender, and they love the arts, and they host all sorts of different activities for the arts, um, and they, they give us all a, a really wonderful home. Uh, about I think it was about eight years ago or so, a, a, a wonderful man named Bert, who lives in Wilmington, uh, created these cabarets two, twice a year, spring and fall, and um, they found a home at the Jackson Inn, and they're usually the, the first uh, Sunday, in, the, in usually in November and in May, I believe, 
and uh, he puts them together with a variety. It's sort of a variety show hmm. with artists mm-hmm. and poets mm-hmm. and musicians and uh, who knows skits. Who knows what you're going to get? Mm-hmm. Comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's always different and always fun and always an interesting lineup of people. Um, they always pack the house. It's always a really great time. Um, but this time, Bert was uh, had some other obligations, and he let me pinch hit for him. Okay. So I'm producing and directing the, the next cabaret. As you said, it's um, November 4th at 6 p.m., and we have got a really great lineup of poets and, uh, and writers and musicians, and we have uh, the uh, Diamond State Mary Prankster group, who will be adorned in tie-dye. We have some an art exhibit that they are going to show us, and we have the famous Lee Zimmerman, the puppet guy, who's going to bring a couple of his rock and roll friends along, which should be a, a blast. And we'll, I think there's going to even be a clown in the house. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, it, admission is free. There's free parking. Uh, you do have to be 21 or over because mm-hmm. they do have a tavern license. Mm-hmm. But they, there's uh, food and drink available for sale. Um, and like I said, Fred and Eva will be our hosts. I will be narrating. And um, I will be joining in on a little bit of the music. I'll be doing a little very short piece on the voting that's coming up uh, two days afterwards. And uh, my husband and I may sing a little song about yoga. So it will be a, a a good show. That sounds great. Rock and roll with the punches of cabaret at the Jackson Inn coming up on Sunday, November fourth at six p.m. at the Jackson Inn. And everyone's Ro- welcome. Robin Hill, P- Page Glandon, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you.